All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, grab them. I'm doing a, a one-off message today. Not part of a series. It'd be kind of an awkward time to start a series because we've got Easter and then things coming after that. But I have a one-off message today. Um, the title of our message today is called Keep Your Love On. Keep Your Love On. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter uh, 5, verses 40, uh, verse 43. <clears throat> we'll, we'll land there in just a minute. Uh, what I feel led to talk about today is how do we keep our love on in a dark, sinful, um, frustrating world? How do we keep, as Christians, how do we keep our love on? In many cases, how do we keep our love on in a world that many times hates what you and I represent? How do we keep our love on and open to, to many people who many times hate what we represent? I don't know about you, but for me, this last year was one of the more challenging years to keep my love on. We were presented with many things, uh, presented us with problems uh, for keeping our love on, keeping our light on. Um, between, a obviously, a pandemic and the isolation and masks, and the masks became an issue and politicized and all that. And we tackled issues like racism and riots. There was a highly contentious election cycle. Uh, the death of a Supreme Court justice, the nomination of a Supreme Court justice, and the confirmation of that justice. Vaccinations. I've heard a lot of people go back and forth on vaccinations. Are they good? Are they bad? Or, you know, um, highly contentious. Again, um, we talked uh, about there's many things being questioned in culture right now. Uh, gender uh, definitions are being uh, questioned and redefined. The list goes on and on. How do we keep our love on? Over this past year, has anyone, have you, have you, at any time, have you felt angry? <laughs> or misunderstood? Have you felt misunderstood? Overlooked? Have you felt controlled over this last year? Have you felt manipulated over this past year? Have you felt like maybe your freedoms are under attack over this last year? How do you, how do you confront that where you feel like maybe some of our freedoms are being under attack and yet keep our love on to this world I'll give you an example of freedoms being under attack just to contextualize. I don't like talking a lot about world events. I, I just like preaching the Bible, but you have to at times. But um, I, I heard this story this week of a, of a man who lives in Canada. And he has a 14-year-old daughter who is struggling with um, some just gender identity things going on, um, gender dysphoria. And this young girl felt like she wanted to be a boy. And we've talked about how we believe there's only two genders. We believe that very strongly as Christians. Um, but this girl <clears throat> wants to identify as a boy, and she goes to school, and then the, the school's like helping her with this process, and they want to help her get hormone replacement and this kind of stuff, give her testosterone. Well, long story short, it ends up in court. It ends up in court. I think the parents are di uh, divorced. The mom was kind of okay with it, and the dad was very much against his daughter <clears throat> making a transition. It ends up in court. He loses in court. And they're saying, no, we're going to help your 14-year-old transition and give her hormone replacement therapy and all this kind of stuff to make her a boy. He appeals. He loses. I think it went all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. He loses. And they say, no, we're, your daughter has made this decision, and we're going to help her become a boy. And this dad can't do anything about it. He, he, and he won't say, refer to his daughter as he. 
he will only refer to his daughter as she. He's held in contempt of court, and they threw him in jail because of it. Held in contempt of court, threw him in jail. Like, okay, I don't know about you, but that makes me angry. That makes me feel sad. That makes me feel scared of the world that we're living in. Okay, now listen, it's one thing. If you're an adult and you want to make that decision, I may not agree with it, but more power to you. It's a, it's a, it's a free world, right? Free country. But for kids to, you know how confusing being an adolescent is anyway? For kids to be making life-altering decisions and to mutilate their bodies through surgeries and be taking hormones that their bodies weren't meant to have, that's just sick, man. That's a sick world we live in, and that's scary. And what's the scariest part about the whole thing is that there's a, there's a, in this situation in Canada where this dad can't be a father to his daughter. He can't make decisions for it because the state is stepping in to make decisions on behalf of this family. That's scary. I think Canada is like two steps ahead of the U.S. in that direction. That's scary. But listen, how do you keep, how do we keep our love on in a world where we're facing things like that? We're facing things that are just crazy town. How do we keep our love on? Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, this is what Jesus said. He said, you have heard it was, it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He caused the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. One of the most significant challenges that we face is loving people who hate what we stand for, who don't understand us, who many times will label us as religious fanatics. Jesus said, love your enemies. Love those people. Uh, today is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is a, a, a celebratory time. It kicks off Holy Week, culminating in Resurrection Sunday next week. And I just want to uh, look at Palm Sunday real quick here. Uh, John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. It says this, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, which means God save now. Hosanna, God save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Okay, Jesus, this is what's known as the triumphal entry. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And people recognize and are excited about the miracles Jesus was doing. And they're like, hey, there's a prophet of Nazareth. He's coming. Hey, let's, the king of Israel. They're celebrating Jesus, right? They're recognizing who Jesus is. Palm Sunday is a day they recognize who Jesus is. They're celebrating Jesus. But in less than a week, the same crowds that are saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is yelling, crucify him. I'm sure they weren't exactly the same crowds, but many of the same people were saying, Hosanna, are now saying, crucify him. What happened in one week? How things can change in one week. You know, life, the, the Bible says life is but a vapor. We're here for a moment and we're gone. Man, we have to be discerning with the time that we have. But if life is but a vapor, how much less a week? Or how much more a week is a vapor? 
Palm Sunday is a bittersweet Sunday. It was, it was, it was uh, celebratory in the fact that they recognize who Jesus is. Hosanna on Sunday, but they're saying crucify him on Friday. My point is this. What I want to point out is that Jesus loved them on Sunday when they were celebrating him, but he still loved them on Friday when they all yelled crucify him. And thank God for that in my own life. There are times where my life has honored the Lord, right? There's times I've represented him well, and there's times I've never yelled, you know, blasphemies, I don't think, at God, but my life has represented him well at times, and I'm sure at other times I have failed the Lord, right? What does he do? He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. Jesus said this, Luke 23, Luke 23 verse 34, as he's on the cross, think about this, as they're crucifying him, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He didn't just love them on Palm Sunday when they were shouting praises to him. He also loved them on Friday, even more so when they're saying crucify him as he's on the cross. <clears throat> Jesus reflected what he said at the beginning of his ministry on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Uh, today, I want to just give three keys of how we keep our love on. How do we keep our love on in a world that many times opposes us, many times stands opposite of us? Point number one, we must have both grace and truth in our lives. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 14. The punchline here is in verse 14, but I want to read a little bit more just to contextualize it. He was in the world, speaking of Jesus, and though the world was made through him, it did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace and truth. I love that Jesus, just like the Father, is full of grace and he's full of truth. I love it that he can look at me. He can look straight through me. His truth cuts straight through me. There's, there's, no, there's no BS with him. Okay? Sorry, I'm sorry. There's no baloney with him, guys. All right? He cuts straight through your junk. He, he, he knows all, he sees all, he's, he's truth. He's truth personified. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. He is truth. Knowing him will set you free. Amen? I love the fact that he sees straight through me, but I love the fact that he has grace towards me. He has grace towards me and he's patient with me and he's kind to me. Amen? Same thing with you guys. Here's the deal. We must absolutely adhere to the truth of the scripture and we must absolutely extend grace to one another and to ourselves and to the world around us. Amen? Most of us, depending on the disposition of your personality, most of us probably lean more toward one or to the other. And I don't know if that's reflective of a, of a body or if we're, I don't know. But... Many of us want to extend grace at times and not bring truth. Many of us want to bring truth, but we forget to bring along grace with us, right? 
And listen, it's not a, there's no form, I can't give you a formula today of how to interact with people and deal with people. Um, and you have to say it just like this. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit to know how to interact with people. And sometimes you'll, you'll encounter people in the world and they don't know the Lord and their life's totally messed up and off. And the Lord will say, all I want you to say is God loves you. Just give them grace. Let them know God loves them. And at other times, you might encounter people and you're like, I feel God telling me. This person needs to know what they're doing, what they're saying, the way they're living is wrong. And, and it, it can't, you can't just live in one or the other. You have to follow the Holy Spirit and know how to present grace and truth at the same time. Okay? Now, grace without truth is not grace at all. Just like love without truth is not love. Okay? Love should lead towards truth. <clears throat> my fear, my fear, and I, I, I hope this isn't true of us as a church, my fear is that many times the body of Christ, we want to love people well, which is good. We should love people well. That should be our highest aim. But many times we're forgetting to bring along truth with us, and we might be loving people right into hell. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's possible to love people right into hell and never, never, never bring them to truth. But listen, it takes the Holy Spirit to know what people need and where they're at. Okay? There's a saying going around that love is love. Love is love. Well, I could give you many reasons why love is not love if love doesn't lead to truth. Okay, love should lead to truth. On the flip side of that, truth without grace is not representative of the Father's heart. If you're a truther and you don't have grace mixed in there, it's not representative of who the Father is. We sang about this Father, our Father in heaven. He's full of grace. He's full of of truth. Okay? Grace is God's unmerited favor, but grace is also his divine influence to transform the human heart. I, I had this in my notes, and I didn't even know we were going to sing this song today, Amazing Grace. It's so good. Um, this line from Amazing Grace, it's grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. It's grace that taught our hearts to have a holy reverence for truth, and grace that transforms our hearts. Amen? It's grace that, that convicts our hearts that we need to live according to this. And it's grace that empowers us to live according to God's word. <clears throat> um, so we must have both grace and truth. This isn't in my notes, but I wanted to read Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. <clears throat> it says this. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Okay, be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Okay, our words need to be seasoned with salt. Have you ever had food, and you're like, this food just needs some salt in it, right? Even the best cuts of meat, you want a little salt on there, Okay. You can have the best piece of truth, but you want to deliver it in such a way that it's graceful. Our words need to be seasoned with salt. We are the light of the world. Amen? Jesus is the light of the world. We are to light up the world as he did. Amen? <clears throat> okay. So that's point number one. We need to have both grace and truth. Point number two. How do we keep our love on? This is probably the most important point of my sermon today. How do we keep our love on? We don't react we respond. We don't react, we respond. Um, reactions are impulsive. I, ha I have a little mallet up here today. I didn't have one of those doctors, you know, 
things where they thump your they thump your knee and you you know kick like that. Reactions are impulsive. Okay, that's a knee jerk reaction when the when the doctor thumps you on the knee. But we don't want to react. We want to respond with a kingdom mentality. Um, my my brother, I told him I was going to talk about him today. I don't know if he's here or not, but. Uh, he, he, just, he just got his master's degree. And he's been staying with us a little bit more lately. And no one can get a reaction out of you like your brother or a sibling. <clears throat> He'll say things. And I'm like, Keith, that is the stupidest thing. He'll make like these baseless like statements. I'm like, there's no facts at all on that. And then I find out he just said it to get a reaction out of me. <clears throat> <laughs> the other day, I, I come home, and we have these, these Yeti mugs that came with a sticker. And I'm like, wow, that's a really, that's a really dark navy blue, the sticker. And he's like, that's not blue. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's real dark, but it's blue. He goes, no, that's black. I'm like, that is blue. And I have like a half-hour argument with him about why <clears throat> the sticker is blue. Em- I can't wait for Emily to come home. I'm like, tell him it's blue, you know. She's like, yeah, it's blue. And he's like, yeah, I was just saying not to mess with you. <clears throat> I argued with him for like a half hour about why the sticker's blue. The whole time. He's just doing it to get a reaction out of me, okay? Listen, <clears throat> some of us have some triggers. And I would just say the world knows your trigger. The Satan knows your trigger, okay? We don't want to live in reaction. <clears throat> we want to respond, all right? We need to be calculated. We need to be composed in the way that we react in this world. Many of us just have this knee-jerk reaction. Ugh, anger, you know. Lose our, lose our stuff, right? Okay. Jesus could have quickly reacted in every situation. But what did he do? As Harmony said, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. John five nineteen. Again, this was in my notes, and I didn't know she was going to say that. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Okay? Jesus saw a situation on earth. He looked in the heavens and said, Father, what's the answer? And then he implemented what he saw the Father do. This is a, an amazing way to live our lives. And it's an amazing way not to live in reaction to the world happening around you. Listen, we, we shouldn't be living in reaction to the world. We should be responding and be ahead of, of the world. Amen? Okay, so if, listen, if the world dictates your day, you're reacting to the world. The world shouldn't have to dictate your day. What should dictate our day is our love connection with Jesus. Amen? Um, <clears throat> I don't think we've said anything about this in the service, <clears throat> but just to give an example, we had, a, of course, a tragedy happen here in our state this week in, in Boulder. Um, there was that mass shooting there. And, and by the way, we need to be, we need to be praying for Boulder. We're praying for Boulder in our staff meeting this week. I think it was Ben that said this, but, but God can take what the enemy had meant for evil and turn it for good and bring transformation to a city that needs the Lord. But Boulder is a, Boulder's a beautiful city, a beautiful county. Um, very, I love going down there, love hiking, different things, but they do need Jesus. And right now they need, yeah, okay. <laughs> they do need Jesus, as we all do. <clears throat> but... 
Um, Boulder's kind of known for being a little weird usually. <clears throat> what I want to, what I want to, I just want to give an example of my own life of how this past week, the, the events of this past week. It's maybe not the best example I have. It's the most. It's a current example though, of how how the world wanted to get me to react, but God reminded me to respond. Um, I don't know if you know this. I've talked about this before, but there are various powers at work that try to shape your, your view and your reaction to a tragedy. Um, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 8, verses 15. Jesus is talking to disciples. They're talking about bread. And Jesus said, watch out, take heed of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Okay, leaven, of course, or yeast is what works its way into dough and makes it rise. Um, in this case, the leaven of Herod represents the political spirit. Okay, the political spirit wants nothing more than to control. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm into politics, I care about politics, but I don't want politics to dictate my response in every situation. Oh, what would my party tell me to do? What would my party tell me to say, you know? I don't want to be like that, okay? I care very much about politics. I, I'm engaged in politics. Occasionally I talk about issues up here, um, <clears throat> but not all the time. But I don't want politics to dictate my response. The leaven of the Pharisees represents the religious spirit. The religious spirit wants to look good on the outside but lacks real substance on the inside. In other words, it's form without power. That's what religion is, a form of godliness without any power. That's religion. What, we, what we're supposed to have is relationship, and we're supposed to have real power on the inside of us to change and transform this world. Listen, these forces and others are powerfully at work in our lives, and they're probably more at work in our lives than you and I would like to admit. In fact, I would just say, as a homework assignment, go home, ask the Lord, ask, every time something happens in the world, do you respond with a political spirit? Do you respond with a religious spirit? Do you respond with a different spirit? Or are you responding with the kingdom? <clears throat> These forces are powerfully at work. They are reactions. So <clears throat> this week after the shooting, um, I was on Strava. Strava is a it's like a social media app for athletes, for those of you who don't know. Um, and I follow an athlete who lives in Boulder, and he shops at that King Supers where the shooting was. And he posts one of his workouts where he was up skiing in the mountains, and he posts that he, he stopped a couple times on his workout and broke down and cried. He's just, people are obviously devastated in that city. He broke down and cried a couple times. And I'm, I just started looking at some of the comments, and <clears throat> one of the comments was this. Uh, I live in Canada. We don't have problems like that because we have more gun laws. And if you guys would just have more gun laws, you wouldn't have problems like that. Now, um, I'm, uh, I'm a gun guy. I like guns. I enjoy the recreation of guns. I love that we have the Second Amendment in the United States. And it bums me out that a few demonic, psychotic people are really ruining this freedom we have um, to, to bear arms. Um, this is just my opinion, so um, again, you know how Paul in the Bible, sometimes you'd say, the Lord's saying this, and at times he'd stop and say, okay, not the Lord, this is me, Paul speaking, right? <laughs> <clears throat> just to clarify. <clears throat> so this is just Pastor Kurt's opinion. You can, dis you can disagree with me on this, no, no problem. It, it's not my point of the sermon. I, it, this leads to another point. <clears throat> personally, personally, I think, 
um, having more gun laws is in and of itself is an oversimplistic, oversimplistic solution to the problem. Okay, um, why? Why do I believe that? Well, here's why. There are countries with more stricter gun laws that have a higher murder rate than the United States. Now, granted, on the flip side of that, there are countries with stricter gun laws who have much less murders in the United States. Hence the reason why I believe it's an oversimplistic answer to a complicated problem. To be honest with you, I don't know how you keep <coughs> um, guns out of the hand of, you know, make it available to us who want to have guns and keep it out of the hands of psychotic people who don't have a history of, you know, breaking laws and stuff like that. I don't really know the answer. <coughs> but I see a post like that and it kind of rubs me the wrong way, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I like to be right, you know. And I, I start to type this little rebuttal. You, here's why this country has, you know, more gun laws and way more murders and this and that, you know. I start going through all of it. <clears throat> and I feel the Holy Spirit, he just nudges me, he stops me. He's like, <clears throat> he reminded me that there's the leaven of Herod, the political spirit that seeks control. The leaven of the Pharisees that wants to look good on the outside but lacks substance. But then there's a third type of leaven. There's the leaven of the kingdom. There's the leaven of the kingdom. Matthew 13, 33, Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way, it's all the way through. Okay, <clears throat> there's a response in every situation. There's a kingdom response in every situation. And my knee-jerk reaction was to like fire off, you know, this, this statement. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, like, listen, you can fight for your rights. And, and I'm not against rebuttals. I'm not against debates. You can do that publicly on social media. But in this particular case, this person saying, I was up in the mountains. I'm working out. I broke down crying because I'm hurting for my city. In this particular case, I felt like the Holy Spirit's like, what are you doing? You're about to post this huge rebuttal on this, on this person's feed. This is not going to be good. This is going to be counterproductive. This is going to make people mad, Okay. The Holy Spirit asked me, he says, do you want to know what the kingdom response is? What is the kingdom response right now? What would the leaven of the kingdom of heaven do? And this is, this is what I felt like the Lord dropped into my spirit. I felt like he said, mourn with those who mourn. You could fight for your rights later, this and that, but right now, mourn. People are mourning. People are hurting. People are in pain. Mourn with those who mourn. Look at Romans. Look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 19 or 12 verses 9 through 15. He said this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Holy Spirit just highlighted that verse to me and said, in this particular case, on this particular post, that's not needed. What's needed is to mourn with those who mourn. People are hurting. Okay? We live so much in reaction, knee-jerk reactions to this and to that. Listen, we need to have a kingdom response in every situation. God, what are you doing? Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Okay? You can stop. You can pause. You can ask the Holy Spirit, what is the response? What is the right reaction in this situation. We live in a world where everyone's triggered, everyone's woke. We live in the most offended society in the history of the world, I think. Everyone's offended. Everyone's getting canceled, right? 
But God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. Okay, we're supposed to be measured, Christians. We're supposed to be measured. We're supposed to be calculated. We don't react. We respond, just like Jesus did. All right. Point number three, and I'll conclude with this point. How do we keep our love on in a dark and sinful world? Point number three, stay on mission and live on purpose. Live on purpose. Keep your focus. Jesus didn't get distracted by the excitement of Palm Sunday because he was on a mission to go to the cross. Okay? Watch this. Jesus wasn't so connected to their praises that he was distracted by their criticisms. Okay? If you don't live off the praises of others, their criticisms won't kill you either. Okay? Look what Jesus said here. Jesus is so amazing. Look what Jesus said here in John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus said, my food, Jesus said, is to, to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus' satisfaction was to live in connection with the Father. That's where he, that was his food. His satisfaction was to live in connection with the Father, to feast on the Father's love and to complete the Father's work. Um, <clears throat> Jesus didn't die by the criticisms of others, so he lived from the approval of the Father. And this, is the, this can be the same with you and me. When we live from the approval of the Father and not for approval, we can keep our love on. Because listen, our source, our source never runs dry. We can keep our love on in a dark world because our love never runs dry. Why? Because our source is the Father and he never turns off. His love stays on all the time. That's why our love is able to stay on all the time. Amen? This is how you can live uh, love in a dark and messed up world. Amen? All right, why don't you guys stand on your feet and we'll pray. First of all, let's, uh, let's pray for the, the city of Boulder. Father, we love you. We lift up that city, God, that you love. Lord, that amazing place. God, you love those people so much. They're amazing, God. There's been a tragedy there, Lord. And um, God, I just ask that your grace, your spirit would be poured out on them, Lord. I pray grace and um, empowerment to the churches there, Lord, that they would be uh, the hands and feet and the conduits of your glory, God, in that city. God, I just pray for healing to come to that place in Jesus' name. And I ask for the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus to be lifted up, to be exalted, to be magnified in the city of Boulder, Lord. We just ask for um, healing to come to that place, Lord. God, break break those um, all those old strongholds, Lord. We don't need to go into them, Lord. But all those strongholds, Lord, that are holding that city back from its destiny, Lord, I pray, Lord, right now that Jesus would break in. May the word of the Lord run swiftly and be glorified. I pray that many would come into your kingdom, God, as a result of this tragedy. In Jesus' name. Father, we just come before you today, and I thank you for every individual in this room, God. God, we, are, we have a mission, we have a purpose, we have a destiny, and I pray that every person here would live on point, Lord God. We would live on point, God. We would live from your approval, Lord Jesus, and we wouldn't react to the things of this world, God. We respond with what the kingdom's saying. What is the Father saying? What is, what is he doing? God, we wouldn't have knee-jerk reactions in Jesus' name. So God, I bless your people right now. I bless your people right now, God, to respond with the Holy Spirit's voice in Jesus' name. I'm going to have the prayer counselors come up front as we're uh, getting ready to close here. If you guys would just come across the front. If you need prayer this morning for anything going on in your life, we would love to agree with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to lead you. 
Um, if you if you accept that the Lord today received Jesus as the Lord and Savior, please come tell one of these prayer counselors. We'd love to pray with you some more. Um, but also, the last thing, if if you just want prayer for what I've been preaching today, how to keep your love on, how to keep that flowing in many times a world that rejects us, um, I want you to come up and get prayer for that as we close here today.